0: we rolling we are now rolling yes.
1: alberta filmmakers podcast
2: me, me 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 me
0: okay anytime welcome to the alberta filmmakers podcast thank you matthew welcome well you're doing welcoming too i mean yes to, welcome to you oh i thought you were saying welcome to me yeah but also we more, know no one listens mostly to, list. to the audience yeah. Yeah. oh right right so just it's, you
1: and i chatting yeah. yeah on into microphones like uh <laughs> uh my name's scott westby
0: scott westby that name rings a bell
1: yeah we've met
0: Yeah, once. Remember, but I feel like you got some sort of telefilm thing. I'm Matt Waterworth. Hi, Matt Waterworth. Did you Uh, get this thing? Yeah, it's a bad joke. Don't try to save me.
1: (laughs) So Matt and I are uh, are are part of the team that makes up Full Swing Productions, uh, and every week we bring you news, tips, and interviews in the film, video, and digital media industries of Alberta. Big news this week: Telefilm announced uh, their finalists for the micro-budget program, and three Alberta teams made the cut which is uh the most that we've ever had mm-hmm. uh and is fantastic news congrats uh and and to alberta filmmakers and thank you it's all for pretty applying. amazing it is yeah, amazing
0: considering that obviously it's all it's three different organizations that were sponsoring these right submissions right and, uh, and which of course it has to be but like for three alberta projects to get through it's, it's a big deal
1: yeah and only 18 finalists announced and and for a sixth of them to be Alberta is is wonderful news mm-hmm. so huge congrats to um, Jessica Leroux and Stephanie uh, Bougo-Dallaire and Corey Langer from Alberta uh, from Far West Productions who uh, who are doing a web format called Abigail et le Dating Coach or mm-hmm. Le Date Coach mm-hmm. Um, and so we look forward to uh, to following their journey. I remember
0: journey. chatting with them at March Madness. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, but, uh, they're awesome. They're great, yeah. And at first I was like, oh, they're submitting their, their competition. But actually they would have submitted in the French component. So, yes. So that's awesome. Yeah, that through On Screen Manitoba.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that, congrats, guys. Um, and then the other project is uh, from a team out of Fort Mac called The Road Behind mm-hmm. uh, with Kelton Stepanovich, Derek Vermillion, and Eric Janvier, um, who got in through uh, FAVA. So congrats to them. And then there's a third team out of Cal sorry i'm just finding my notes here who are these guys
0: uh they are uh kevin dory who's a wonderful screenwriter right i know him personally oh that's wonderful and he's written a, a number of excellent screenplays and he is due for, for he a is produced due. Feature yeah, film he,
1: it's definitely it's been his time for a while
0: yeah so we're super excited to be working with him and then uh you and i yay without joking uh yeah we did it yay for
1: us yeah we're pretty excited um <laughs> So, we're, we're going to introduce a new segment, and we'll make it quick every week, we promise. Um, mm. And we'll call it...
0: Because it's deeply self-serving. It's, it is self-serving, <laughs> but at but the same time... It, hopefully, we can mine some really useful information. Yeah, and so,
1: and I mean, every week, we're going to be fresh as to what happened this week uh, with the produce, production of this uh, feature film called In Plain View. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is In Plain View, Matt, briefly?
0: Uh, it's I like to say that it's a it's kind of a sex, drugs, guns, there's not really any drugs, maybe a little bit of drugs. Sex, drugs, guns, sec, uh, sex, more sex? No. Just one, uh, just one sex? Yeah. Violence. Lots uh, of violence. On yeah. the Alberta prairies. Right. Um, yeah. So kind of a Cohen-esque uh, uh, up in many yeah. ways, yeah.
1: So it's a revenge crime thriller, um, and obviously micro-budget, so it'll be pretty small. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's our first feature film, and uh, we're, we're pretty excited. And, and how are you feeling now? So here we are, first week check-in. Um, how was the application process, firstly?
0: Uh, daunting. It was, yeah. Uh, we'd never, I mean, I don't know if, you know, we had a long conversation, Kyle and I, about the micro-budget back when the application deadline was happening on, on the show. Um, so if you haven't heard that, definitely give it a listen. Um, but I don't know if at that time they were doing the microsite, and I don't think they were right so this was the first time we'd ever done an application for anything that involved building a website right. and putting all the content on there that alone right. was a unique uh, challenge because it, you know you, you want to build a website that has all kinds of features and stuff but this is actually just a simple page where you know jurors can access your information right. but at the at same time you want to have style right it's got to look polished and yeah. yeah just like your application materials themselves the site has to be user-friendly and and show what your film is about yeah. and speak to that as well. So that was a unique challenge. Um, and then, yeah, the, the application is a, is, is a big one. Um, Huge and, yeah. and
1: not, not a lot of time to do no, it either. No. Um, yeah. In fact, there was only a month between when Telefilm announced and uh, and when the application was due to a partner organization. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so if you're considering applying um, I would look at this, Look at this year's application kind of now and get mm-hmm. started on your application um so that you're ready yeah. when
0: I, I mean to our credit i think I think we were looking to this last last time around BAMP, right like yeah, we Bishop were starting Ross already Hayden had had his success and gotten through yeah. um, and we were kind of it was percolating right right and we, and we and we know Kevin and and we were looking for a script that might make sense for it and uh, and so and to your credit specifically, you really actually did have us working on the script. Uh, well in advance like, oh, yeah. of, of even the announcement of the deadline, so just knowing, you know, when the deadline might be coming, because unfortunately, telephone didn't give anybody a, a whole lot of notice, um, and and so and maybe that's intentional to make sure that the people who have been doing their homework are are getting through. Yeah. So so do your homework um, and and know when when about the deadline is and and start working on your application and um, yeah, I think that was a big save mm-hmm. for us because we were already kind of in the process when we heard the news.
1: That's right we we did the we did a, a table read. That's right. the yeah. night before it was yeah. announced. Yeah, yeah. So and it was Kevin
0: was you know, working with us on notes and, and yeah. drafts, and so uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting yeah. timing though that that happened right before.
1: So uh, huge thanks to uh, the CSIF, um, who was the partner organization that we applied through uh, for recommending us, and uh, and and thanks to Telefilm for this opportunity. Yeah. So just now briefly, so we've done the background. Let's do mm-hmm. the this week on right. talking in Plainview. Right.
0: Plainview Corner. Yay. How
1: how are you feeling? This is a, suddenly a real movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot going on, um, and it's weird because you at this pl- at this point it's like you know that there's so much to do, and it's and it's just like and they, it hits you in waves. Like you'll be thinking about it, and it's like, oh shit, yeah, we got to do that. And yeah, cont- contact that person, and 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 it's tough at this moment because of course telephone uh doesn't hasn't actually locked everyone in yet you've got to sign some paperwork before it's a done 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 deal right. and it's a bit of a confusing so, part of this process sure, is they sure, announced yeah. the
1: finalists um which which means that you've you've likely gotten financing yeah unless of course there's a massive red flag in your right. application right. um and so um i, I know that we're, we're celebrating uh and people are asking us are you making a movie and we're like well Probably. I think, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's safe to say yes,
0: unless you're hiding a criminal background right, from right. me, Scott, <laughs> that I didn't know about. Uh, <laughs> Not officially, no comment. <laughs> right. Um, it's quite likely that all of the 18 finalists will, will go forward. Right. Um, but it is it is tough to be like, well, we don't have a check and we don't have a, a document signed yet that right. says we're doing it. So, it's, so it, yeah, right now everything it feels a little theoretical, even though we should probably be behaving like it's not because it's very, but at the same
1: time, that's, that's what this segment is about is about the honesty of it. For sure. Um, and we, we don't know what cash flow is going to look like. We don't know what drawdowns and, and, and specific, uh, structure of that is going to look like. So, uh, these are all things that we will be learning uh, as we go and sharing Mm -hmm. on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, the, the biggest realization is how, um, how different it is when the movie is greenlit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: how different the feeling is. Um, because suddenly, when you're talking to people about a, a film that you've got in development, um, everybody's excited to be, uh, you know, on board and share and and openly. And now that there's there's money behind the project, uh, we need to be a far more sensitive about who, who we're talking to about it, mm-hmm. who we're engaging for services, because there's money to go around now, mm-hmm. and it is a real film. And mm-hmm. what does what does giving credit look like? Um, and that was that was a realization that hit me that I didn't even I had never expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was something that I learned this week.
0: Yeah. yeah no, I, I, I think, I think what I'm going to be kind of digging into now is, is, well, and we talked about this yesterday that, that we've kind of been preparing for a different movie. Um, right. and we've talked about it on the podcast plenty of times. Um, where the roles would be reversed. I would be producing, you would be directing. And right. so, um, suddenly, <laughs> yeah, we've been steeped in like prepping right. those roles. Yeah, and I've, now... I've, I've
1: had a director's hat on for two years talking right. about yeah. this. And...
0: and so now the roles are reversed. And, and so it's interesting because it, now we have information to give each other and, yeah. and, and, a real reason to, to share it. Um, but it does, it does require a shift. I think in the yeah. way we, we approach things. In...
1: E- even our relationship dynamic. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, sure. like yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, um, and we might have our first fight about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but maybe, maybe, no. we maybe, maybe not. We it should on. record it. We should record it. Be like, <laughs> like, stop! We're gonna fight. Get the get the, <laughs> right. get the recorder on. Um, um, yeah,
0: but yeah, for me as a as a director, um, obviously never having tackled something this big, right now I'm just trying to put a plan together to execute right, right. because there's a ton of prep to do. The script still needs to get to a locked phase. Um, and we, and we, you know, there are big, massive things like casting and, and, and just having a a vision and storyboarding and, and and that stuff. But then there's, there's a a lot of prep stuff I also need to do when it Mm -hmm. comes to, um, just learning how I'm going to approach a scene and, and the actors who are playing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, like just, you know, our, our cinematographer and I need to have long conversations many times. And make sure we're on, we're on the same page, and that's a, that's going to be a huge thing. Yeah.
1: Um, so, and I'm also I'm also on board as the marketing specialist, which is right. a, a component that Telefilm acquired this time. Yeah. So we were like, Hey, Scott knows marketing. Why don't Why don't you do that? So that's on top of producing. It's another uh, element that I'm going to be tackling. Yeah. Um, that of course I'm really excited about, uh, and uh, I'm going to need
0: some help on as well yeah, there right. too. So, and that's the other great thing. I don't know if we we haven't had a chance to talk about it on the podcast yet, but the uh, outpouring of, of support and and uh, and re- people reaching out and just the congrats just, and, and the yeah. kind words has been really really cool and really exciting and um, it's uh, it's nice to be a part of this community. It's it really, really is. It's yeah. such a supportive community,
1: yeah. um, and we're so grateful to be a part of it. Yeah, definitely. So thanks to everybody who reached out. Um, we're we're just happy to. Uh, be doing it and we're happy to be sharing our experiences so um, if you're listening and you um, have any questions about anything please like we always say reach out to us hello at abfilmcast.ca yeah for sure um, but let's move on and stop talking about ourselves and the
0: uh, View Corner View Corner is over <laughs> so who's on the podcast this week man we have uh a, a wonderful woman, and, and uh, actually, we didn't even talk about it very much. We kind of hinted at it, but w- she was uh, a year ahead of us at Sate, right? Um, and uh, met her there, and have always known of her, and and and, but not always known specifically what she's been up to and what she's yeah. doing. So we got to learn that in this conversation. Um, and we talk a lot about Banff. Uh, she she attended Banff for the first time um and so she has a lot of pearls of wisdom to to share with the audience so if you're planning on attending Banff next year this is a must listen for you and we get uh pretty serious about women in film and and the uh the relationship between women and and the workplace when it comes to film um and uh it gets real in it a does good get way real. in a really good way i'm really glad we had this conversation yeah i agree
1: we don't we don't talk about gender very often mm-hmm. um so this is it. This is the feminism conversation. <laughs> um, hopefully, one of many. But uh, yeah. yeah. Without further ado, here is Paige Boudreaux.
0: Alrighty. So, h- how should we begin? Because uh, I mean, there's lots to talk about for you as a filmmaker and your and your journey. But I know we want to talk about Banff specifically. Mm-hmm. But but who are you? Where did you Where did you come from?
2: Where did I come from? Yeah. That, you know, I don't really know the answer myself, <laughs> but um, I uh, I always tell people I grew up on stage. I did a lot mm. of community theater growing up and uh, wanted to be an actor when I, was, uh, when I would grow up, but uh, I realized I don't really have a thick enough skin. Mm. Um, and I feel like in this industry, you have to want something so, so, so bad. And I realized I didn't want it bad enough to make it happen. And right. really that my passion was uh, sort of behind behind uh the lens that sort of thing and so um after that after high school i went to good old sate for Mm -hmm. uh for two years uh studied post-production and worked um as an editor um, for a couple of years and then the recession hit. Mm. So I uh, took a little detour but kept doing stuff on the side and then I was really lucky uh, to get a job at Jump mm, uh, right. here in town doing production coordinating and uh, was able to do a bit of writing and just oh, kind nice. of really cut my teeth uh, with some larger clients, big budget projects, that sort of thing. Really get a sense of um, how, to, how to coordinate that sort of project and then um, spotlight productions. Uh, came into being and uh, I got the opportunity to write a scripted series and who's gonna say no to that Ryan, so uh, so I moved over there and uh, was actually lucky enough to be able to direct and produce that series wow. as well uh, Let's Talk English and then after that um, I was involved with um, another production through them and I got to do a bit of tele stuff and really just cut my teeth on directing, which is, I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. Right. And uh, in the meantime, I had been sort of doing short films and stuff like that as well. And um, then I went freelance and that was, uh, you know, certifiably terrifying. Right. And right. Um, so since then, I uh, I had a few projects sort of uh, working on unscripted stuff as well as like corporate and the huge. Um, and then I've just been developing my own slate of project with, uh, my colleague, Karen pickles, shout out to Karen and, uh, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, we attended Banff, um, just a couple weeks ago, uh, sort of, I had never really been to Banff before. And I really wanted to learn that side of things because I feel like I've never really been exposed to the business affairs side of the business um, and just get a sense of what people on the ground are looking for, what the market actually looks like, because I really have a strong production background, but I need to learn what people are looking for before I can make it, Mm -hmm. I guess. So that was really my goal when I went to Banff and what I've been working on now. And, you know, there's been some indie projects here and there and um, lots of other stuff that I could go into, but... uh, Let's chat BAMF, I suppose. That's cool. All right. Sure. Yeah.
0: Um, So this was your first BAMF? Yes, that's right. So And so what was your kind of your goal going into
2: it? Um, I really, I had, we've been working on a lot of pitches and two sheets and proposals and that sort of thing, but not necessarily too hard pitch to people there. um, But just so that we had a good sense of what projects we had to offer going into it so that we could figure out where our place might be Mm. and so i really wanted to meet with a lot of people um just again to get a sense of okay what's working for you guys right now what are you looking for what are the upcoming trends um and where do we fit into that and what are you looking for so it was Yeah, a jam-packed four days for sure.
0: (laughs) Well, so what is it exactly for people who don't know? What is Banff?
2: Um, So the Banff Media Festival is, uh, I believe it's four or five days where um, executives and producers from all over the world uh, travel to Banff for a series of one-on-one meetings and panels and parties and Mm -hmm. discussions. And I sort of describe it uh, to people like it's summer camp for television people because It is so social, so crazy, uh, very similar to summer camp in the sense that, you know, you make these fast friendships and everybody's just having a great time. Um, but very educational in a way that summer camp may or may not be. (laughs) Um, so yeah. And, um, I was really lucky again to, um, sort of go under Karen's wing and she had been, she's been 10 years now. Oh Um, and so she really understood the flow of things and how she kind of gave me some really good tips of how to get the best out of Banff and what to sort of expect. Because truthfully, before I started working with Karen, I thought like, you know, you sit down and you speed pitch to people and that's not really, I mean, people do that, but I don't think that's, um, a good long play. Hmm. Um, because I think it's really important to build relationships with executives and broadcasters instead of just saying, hi, I'm Paige, here's my project. Hey, thanks. Bye. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, that's not, <laughs> unless your project is, uh, mind blowing, which I wish it was, but you know, your, your project is not going to be good enough to stand on its own like that. Right. So it's right. better to, uh, go for the long play. Right. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think
0: people think that the idea of a pitch meeting is to sell the pitch in, mm-hmm. in the meeting and unfortunately even if that were how it usually went down you're you're not really in a meeting with the decision maker usually that's most of right. the time that's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. um, and even if you are uh, the the outcome that's maybe like a hollywood story like i feel like sometimes yeah. in hollywood that does happen because existing relationships are there mm-hmm. and and uh, an idea sometimes just clicks mm-hmm. and it's and, yeah. it, and it works but um yeah, in in a setting like this, I think it's a it's definitely a mistake to to make it your 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 goal or target to be like I'm going to sell this this this, yeah. Banff, this No this ink memory. is
2: drying during right, the yeah. four so, days yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Although
0: Banff would have you believe that a lot of business does happen there, and and technically it does because networking and, and relationship building is business. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, to to say that you know, it's a direct result of this meeting in Banff and it happened here. It might be a direct result of the meeting down the line, but I doubt that, that it's happening at at Banff on the day. And I think
1: that any of the meetings where it is happening are meetings that already have existing relationships that have built up to this meeting that just happens to occur at Banff. Banff, Yeah. So the speed dating, uh, mentality, um, they have speed dating sessions, Mm -hmm. although they don't call them speed dating, (laughs) the the one-on-ones. Yeah. And I think that that, uh, that's exciting. And I think that that's why BAMP has the reputation of being a pitch fest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's the best use of your time anyway. I think the best, the best thing you can be doing there is, is saying hi to people and being relaxed and, and not so mm-hmm. high pressure and learning what people are saying and, and going to panels and parties and mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, how, 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 how uh, different was it from what you were expecting?
2: Um, From my initial pie in the sky understanding, it was much different. Mm. But I feel like um, Karen really prepped me for what I was getting myself into. And so uh, I did attend some of the one on one meetings, but I really um, prepared, like, I met with people that I had researched beforehand that I knew I wanted to build a relationship with. And when I sat down, I knew I was having a conversation and it was the beginning of a relationship Mm -hmm. versus trying to get my pitch in in the 10 minutes. And so since it's been nice to be able to follow up and it is, um, just starting to meet those people or even, um, pardon me. I met with someone at Sundance AMC and, uh, it was it was probably one of the most valuable meetings i had all all week um, because i i sat down and he asked me straight up you know what are you pitching and so that would really Surprised me, and I kind of just let him know, you know, this is one of the projects that I thought might be up your alley. And he just sort of straight up told me, you know, our demo is 35 to 45. Your show sounds like it's 25 to 35. You should talk to these people. Mm. And I stood up, shook his hand. Thank you very much. That was great. Um, and so you never know what you're going to get out of the meetings, but just like you said, sort of being relaxed, being open to conversations, and you never know who you're going to be standing uh behind in line for coffee. Oh, for too. sure. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I thought was really yeah. incredible, too, that people. Um, in that setting are so approachable and if you don't, uh, like fangirl out on them or, you know, (laughs) start, start elevator pitching them in the washroom, then, you know, people are open to, they're there to meet you just as much as you're there to meet them. And so, um, one of my, uh, I was, I didn't realize this was going to be an insider tip, but I definitely recommend it to anyone going to Banff is doing the breakfast and lunch Mm one-on-ones because it's you and about five other people with this, um, executive and it just gives you enough time to actually talk with them. And you also get a free meal, which mm-hmm. is sweet, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's really nice to be able to talk to them and and talk to those other people. It's more relaxed. Um, and they really just open up in a way, and, and they know that they're there to answer your questions. And so don't be afraid to ask them. Right. And I found those as well to be some of the most fruitful meetings, because even if I re I, you know, through the meeting, I realized that we were not a fit again, it was just educating myself on mm-hmm. the industry, on the market so that I know, you know, just as much, Oh, I shouldn't, I have no business pitching to you or, Oh, maybe, maybe I do have a project that fits or, right. Oh, you mentioned this and this and this, I should look that up. It's just good um research mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah that was really incredible those one-on-ones uh over lunch
1: so so what what um without going into detail on on specifics what mm-hmm. uh, did you have prepped for for your projects like, what did you sure. come prepared with
2: um so Karen had actually gone to Real Screen, which is sort of a similar summit in January. And we had put together some two sheets and sizzle reels for that. And since then, we had been following up with certain broadcasters who were interested in certain projects. And so we had additional meetings with them where they actually wanted to see materials. Right. Um, but that's not really like the, that's the exception to the rule sort right. of thing. And so some of the other things, I just really wanted to have a strong... Um, and and I had everything written out, but I don't know if you necessarily have to do this. It just helps me prep. Um, having your synopsis written out, having a sense of how the format of the show would flow, um, and really knowing your content and your demo, so that if people do ask, um, or, or you know, I was at lunch and they were saying, oh, you know, we're really uh, interested in food shows in um, the ethnic food market, and that was something that uh, Karen and I have been developing, and so it was really easy for me to chat about. And uh, that is one avenue that I really, um, you know, have, have a lot of research behind, so it's easy to talk to them about. So just really knowing um, your project and where it might fit in their schedule and that sort of thing, so that if it comes up, you can have an intelligent conversation um, with them, if that right. makes right. sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. absolutely. Cool.
0: cool. So what was what was day 1 like? What did you like like some nuts and bolts stuff for people? Like what's what, sure. what was your how did you get your badge? Mm-hmm. What was your accommodation situation?
2: Um so when you register for Banff, I would absolutely say do the early bird because it's Like it's so expensive and you Mm -hmm. want to save money wherever you can. So buy it with the early bird rate. And as soon as you register, there are certain deals available for accommodations and that sort of thing. And so um, book your accommodations early as well, because I was just looking online like a week before the festival and the only place you could stay in town was the hostel. And there was only like two rooms left. So you, wow. I mean, you can stay at the hostel, but you want to have options. right? Uh, and so book as early as you can because you will get better deals as well. Um, so yeah, so we we had everything booked in advance and then day one is sort of just a registration and there is a party and there are there are a few panels and that sort of thing. So when you arrive at the Banff Springs, at least this past year, there are registration booths you go up and everyone um, it almost like they really have their their shit together in the sense that, uh, you know, you go in, you get your badge, you get your information pack, you get your free swag bag, Mm -hmm. all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. and. Um, there's maps everywhere and it's almost like the conference takes over the Banff Springs in the sense that yeah. uh, you very quickly get to know the lay of the land and where everything is and um, you move about that space very um, frequently throughout the day so you you know the, the Banff Springs is a bit of a maze but right. you get to learn it very quickly I find and there are maps to help you that first day I was like okay as long as I can get back to re- the registration center I know there's a map <laughs> there and then I can like replan my route right, and right, then right. and you can get anywhere uh, in the conference in than than five minutes I would say so from meeting to meeting you'll have time to figure it out it's not like running between classes in high school where you're trying to get to your locker and it's not gonna happen (laughs) and uh so yeah that's kind of the nuts and bolts and um this past year there was um a part of your event each night I would of course recommend going to them because that's really um where the the summer camp vibe comes into play where everybody's having a good time and I mean I met um some really interesting people there who I have done more serious follow up with afterwards. But it's nice just to be able to talk to someone in a really casual environment. Yeah, and that's where yeah. you make, I feel like this is an industry where you want to work with friends. And right. that's where you can kind of build that sort of relationship um, and not putting too much pressure on yourself to, oh, this person's really important. I gotta, I gotta say something smart. Just right. be yourself because at the end of the day, that's who they're gonna see if you're working with them. So don't bullshit them up front. Right. Of course, yeah. Cool, mm-hmm.
0: nice. So. so yeah, yeah. Where <laughs> where where did the parties happen? Oh,
2: so um the party on the first night was the the Netflix kickoff party and that mm-hmm. was at Wild Bills and they had um a series of bam band, uh, bands playing and that sort of thing and um then the next night was the Nickelodeon 25th anniversary party right. at High Rollers which right. was pretty sweet. Did it was you guys fun. We were, Yeah, we yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Um <laughs> <laughs> and it was um it's like a bowling alley yeah. and it had bocce ball. And it just, I I keep telling people, I'm like, they must have just redone it. And it looked like it was built for Nickelodeon. Like yeah, the yeah, color colors, no totally, yeah, everything, sure. it was awesome. And uh, there was a DJ and there may have been some dancing yeah. uh, towards the end of the night. <laughs> and then um, the last night there was um, just a few... Um, like smaller parties uh nsi was having i believe their 30th birthday party and um, entertainment one had a big party as well invite only Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but i was able to uh to get hooked up with that <laughs> and uh and then on the last uh day of the festival there's a reception at uh, at the springs which is really nice as well it's nice to have those more casual oh and the cbc reception was on the first day sorry cbc oh yeah, yeah that's right shout yeah. out to cbc <laughs> uh that was it was a really good uh, reception actually so yeah it was cool mm. yeah
0: every year it's nice uh they, they kind of mm-hmm. kick it off
2: yeah. yeah. Mhm. So there's always 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 like three or four things to choose from going on at any mm-hmm. one time and sometimes it's hard to choose because yeah. uh you know I had a meeting someone on one's booked but there's also an HBO panel happening at the same time so you're you're kind of trying to catch the last half of the panel and then me- make your right. next meeting and sure. oh you run into someone on the hall in the hall on the way <laughs> and oh well, there goes the panel and yeah. but it's all good if you can be relaxed and go with the flow then it, that I think that's definitely like because that's how I went into Banff is I had certain meetings set up and certain things I wanted to accomplish, but also having lots of time to just kind of have these chance encounters really allowed me to make the most of it because you don't want to be like, Oh, I can't talk to you. I don't want to make a new friend right now. I'm Mm -hmm. running Mm -hmm. to this or that. And yeah,
1: it's, it's a rookie mistake that we have certainly made to try to pack your own schedule. And Mm. because those chance encounters and bumping into someone in the hallway are always the best quality interactions Mm -hmm. that you have. And they're always fun. And, it's very stressful. And, and low stress not. when yeah. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: And parties are a much, much more relaxed way of, of uh, getting to know someone. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, without that formal structure and, 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 it's, you know, it's, it's human nature. But I remember last year we, we had a couple of meetings too, where like, even, even the person we were talking to was, was not, was checked out. So like they were, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so busy. Um, but yeah, so, so how do you, I know the answer to this, is, so it's, <laughs> but how did you get your meeting set up in the first place? Well, how oh,
2: okay. So yeah, one of the things that was really awesome about Banff is they have this connect system. Right. And so once you've registered, you can go log into your profile, set up your profile and you, um, select specific areas of interest that you have. So. Right. Um, you know, scripted or non-scripted, the type of content, are you doing features, all that kind of thing. I think you can choose up to four different categories. Mm -hmm. And then through that, if you log into the Connect system, it will give you a series of meeting options that sort of match your interests. And so that's where you get the breakfast and lunch meetings, book those early, right? They're <laughs> Cause they are sure. high yeah. demand. Yeah. Um, and that's also where you book the one-on-ones, the 10 minute sessions. Right. Um, and so, yeah, they, um, they release them sort of in stages as people book on, but you definitely want to, they'll send out emails once you register. And as soon as they say, connect is open, go Like I was in Orlando and I saw the email come in and uh, my husband was down at the pool. I was like, I got to use the laptop, go, go, go. (laughs) And I'm so glad I did because I got some really uh, great meetings and and lunches and that sort of thing. And then the one-on-ones, Um, you book as well through the connect system, but the one-on-ones, what's interesting is, uh, they're held, they were held in the Oak room this year and they, they're really, they run like clockwork. Kate, this is the 3.00 PM group. Get in 3.10, start lining up. We're going to check you in. And if someone isn't there for their 3.10, you can kind of hover in the standby group and uh, suddenly they'll shout out who's interested in, in kids scripted and first person to put up their hand. All right, you're in table 15 or whatever. So um, again, it really depends on what you're looking to get out of right, BAMF, right. but, uh, I hung around for a bit and had a, a chance meeting and you know, it's in 10 minutes, how much can you get done? But it's right. just, again, like going in with realistic expectations. And I just wanted to learn more about certain things. So in right. 10 minutes, they can kind of give you an overview, um, that's a little bit more in depth, uh, or behind the scenes than you might get on the website. And that was something that I was really Uh, that was one of my goals of the festival is, uh, a lot of broadcasters have submission requirements on their website, but some are more vague than others. And there were certain people that I wanted to target or or think I might be a fit for. And I really just wanted to sit down and see, get, get some clarification on certain things so that when I'm submitting, um, I'm not wasting their time or mine. And so that's something I think that wasn't accomplishable in 10 minutes versus, hi, here's my backstory, blah, 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 blah." let's make a deal. So... Yeah, that's that's what's up with the meetings. But yeah, hit up the Connect system. Right. It's great. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. Great. Yeah. So so what about what about you as a filmmaker though? What uh I want to talk more about about like your your work on your own series. Sure. And this was this was like a lifestyle it's, kind of show with the 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 one that i'm pitching eng- or the no, one the, that the english one oh yes
2: okay yeah. so um let's talk english was right. uh the show that i sort of i guess for lack of a better word show ran yeah um through spotlight and uh it was 120 episodes Whoa. of oh, uh <laughs> half hour uh for omni rogers wow. and um the the gist of the show is it's kind of we call it Saturday Night Live meets Sesame Street. Okay. Uh, so it's for uh, ESL people in Canada to learn English, and it's um, we did a lot of research through Mount Royal University, and uh, they really helped us find the right level of um, of ESL education, I guess, in the sense that, uh, it wasn't for people that don't know any English. So there's kind of on a scale and I wish I remembered it now, but it's like a one to 10 and 10 is fluent and one is, you know, you know, hello sort of thing. And so we were, we were capturing that mid range, uh, ESL speaker in the sense that, um, we were teaching them more idioms or specific phrases, right. or you you have a, a handle on the base of the language and right. kind of just building up your skill set for more complex conversations, I guess. Right. And so, what would happen is there would be a scene. So, let's say we're at a restaurant and someone, you know, oh, here are the specials today. This is two for one or half off. You know, using using right. phrases or idioms like that, um, colloquial terms. And then a host would come in after the scene and sort of describe. Uh, what those things mean, and oh, then at cool. the end we'd have a recap. And so, um, some of them were more. We had like a game show segment and more of a hosted two camera segment. But a lot of them were scene work. And uh, myself and my colleague Holly wrote the majority of uh, the scenes along with um, Tyler McLeod at uh, Spotlight. He kind of was the um, the supervising uh, script writer, and he would sort of vet all of the scripts and things like that. And so. Um, it actually seems it was, like a
0: really challenging thing to write. Yes. Cause if you haven't <sighs> yeah. learned English as a second language, I, I don't even it's, know where I would begin with that.
2: We really, um, we worked very closely with Mount Royal, especially in the early days, just to make sure that we were hitting that target skill level and also the subjects that they cover in, uh, their program as well. So phrasal verbs straight up did not know the term phrasal verb before I started writing. Where did I? Uh, things Sounds like that. Pretty sci-fi. Yeah, <laughs> the phrasal the verb. They're firing phrasal right? verbs. <laughs>
1: uh, do you speak another language? Do you speak French?
2: No, no, no oh, okay. I do not. Okay. Beyond uh, Spanish in high school. Oh, okay. My husband speaks French. so yeah. mm. someday. someday, someday, but uh... I, I
1: find that that for me, knowing French is, is insanely helpful as far as just understanding what how what, what a language is even and, and, yeah. and how it breaks down and, and what's different. Um, so I feel like that is helpful for me, but, uh, Mm -hmm. that's great. And, and so that's done now, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's, that's wrapped. And, uh, it's been on the air, I think for at least a year and a half. Um, and at two episodes a week for 52 weeks, like it was a whole year of new seasons, which is pretty outrageous. Um, but a really incredible opportunity for me, especially like big picture, what I want to do is direct, uh, scripted material. And so being able to cut my teeth on a project of that, size Absolutely. was unreal and just uh really getting uh used to that day in day out on set right. and uh I was also producing the show at the time or you know p.m.ing it and so learning just how to coordinate and track and because it was segment based I mean there's 120 episodes but it was something like 720 segments that we wrote right. and then stitched together and so it was just huge huge magnitude um and so now when I'm producing a short film it's like pfft, Easy. It's only yeah. two days. Like yeah, forget yeah, yeah. about it. Uh right. and I'm actually working on a short film right now through the CSIF's Herland director. Oh, right. of, cool. program. oh of course. That's right. Yes. Um awesome. and so that um I can go to camera in a couple of weeks. Oh, so cool. uh, you know, in the in the putting out fires stage of the the producing. But yes, um yes. that has been an incredible program and I feel really oh, good. lucky to be paired with um the women uh that, that are in the program as well and uh the mentor Sandy Summers, she's just been amazing in terms of, um, really just getting us the tools we need Mm -hmm. to sort of take the production to the next level and, uh, just have important conversations. And it's funny when you're in, uh, when you do this as your day job for so long and you are, I mean, I really do a lot, a lot, a lot of producing. And so it's nice to have someone, uh, craft workshops around the fact that like, just take a breath and just focus on the creative.
0: Well, but how am I going to do it? No, no, no.
2: Just do the creative first right. and then you can figure it out. And that's been something really important for me to kind of, um, be able to focus on solely and then take some of the initial pressure off of, um, producing logistics. I mean, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's really that's exciting. Great. So, so what is Herland? Oh, so Herland mm-hmm. is, um, uh, back in the day it was a film festival for women and oh. then, uh, became defunct. And then I believe it was last year, Sandy, uh, sort of rebooted it through, um, I believe it was through the teles optic fund the first year, um, as a, a program, a workshop, um, for five women to produce. short film and get sort of mentorship and workshops along the way to help build their skill set and so the first year was for emerging filmmakers and this time around it's for mid-career level right um and so we had you know a directing workshop script writing workshop technical workshop editing workshop uh, and we'll also have a grant and proposal writing workshop in the fall and so we go from scripts through to final edit of a film and then there's a screening in october wow so yeah it's really fantastic and it's just interesting to meet the other women who are sort of from all walks of life coming together and Mm -hmm. just the different stories. I'm just really humbled by it's funny. I, we were actually on CJSW talking about the program as well. And it's funny, all of their uh, stories feel so big and so meaningful. And then my story is about this little girl on a school bus. It's really like (laughs) feels, but that's, you know, I, the projects I've done personally in the past have been really heavy and dramatic. And I just kind of wanted to do something fun and light and so um, and very comedic, which is something I wanted to sort of play with as well. So it's, uh, I'm challenging myself in my own way, but I just think it's going to be funny pairing it next to all of these really big, important stories. And here's my cute little right. slice of life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so Matt and I are on the board of the CSIF. So we kind of, we follow the, we track the progress of Herland oh, pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we... Love it, and um, we don't really talk about gender too much on the podcast, because mm-hmm. um, we kind of both dream of a day where we where that's just not important, you yeah, don't have to, you don't have to. Me so too. that's the kind of world that we want to live in, <laughs> um, but I think it might be important and maybe maybe something that's important to you to chat about a little Absolutely. bit being a woman in this industry and, and what and support and <laughs> what that's yeah, like. Yeah, and...
2: definitely. It's funny, I sometimes say, you know, I, I was raised by. A couple of dudes or, you know, my mother passed away when I was very young and uh, I just, you know, had a lot of guy friends growing up. And for a long time, I didn't really uh, notice any gender inequality in my life because I feel like I was really blessed to be surrounded by supportive men and women and it didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And that mm. was all great. And um, yeah, in the industry, it's just been interesting to see how... How that inequality has come to light in certain times in my life um, and how and I can only speak for myself and my personal um, experiences but how sometimes there's this pressure especially in the industry that you are expected to just feel lucky to be here as a woman and you have to be the cool girl and be okay with sexual jokes and be okay with uh, certain treatment because if you're not then you know, well, this is how it is. So rock up sort of thing. And, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know if I want to necessarily get into specific examples, but there have been things where it's been really difficult to, you know, stand up and say, no, that's not okay. When it's, you know, maybe your employer or someone above you at the company or someone above you on set and you don't want to rock the boat because I do feel, um, I do feel incredibly grateful and lucky and blessed for where I am and the experiences that I have had and so I don't ever want to f- be ungrateful mm-hmm. um, but at the same time that doesn't give anyone an excuse to treat me badly of course um, and,
0: and it is it, such yeah. a small industry too right so exactly I, yeah, I totally feel that that yeah that it's like is this if I burn a bridge here even if I'm in the right it, is, it is that it, gonna it? do yeah. more harm yeah. to me in the long term mm-hmm and that sucks. Yeah, it's a shitty thing to even be worried about. Yeah. It's it's certainly be a thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and so I feel like even in the past maybe 3 or 4 years, I've really sort of grown as a person and and as an individual and really stopped <laughs> giving a fuck if those bridges are going to be burned in those situations because right. I think I've just seen certain things happen that just really break my heart yeah. and I just you know, don't want to take it anymore, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, I've really been trying to, uh, stand up for myself and for others that I have seen be treat treated poorly or unfairly. Um, and also just blow the whistle on things that happen, uh, you know, in the office or on set that aren't okay. Yeah. Um, and that's really important to me. And also like, it's funny because I'm really excited. I'm so excited to be part of the Herland mentorship program, but it kind of makes me sad that there has to be right. one. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, and I I talk about this all the time that if I want my work to be able to stand toe to toe to anybody's work because it's good, not because right. I'm getting this female handicap, and so right. it's really hard for me to have this double edged sword where you know I want opportunities and having uh, female based opportunities are really exciting but I don't I I want to have opportunities because I deserve them as a person mm-hmm. and I guess the reason that programs like this exist is because there isn't equality and so we have like it's just kind of this I don't know sad reality that there have to be female like there's no male festival because there's no (laughs) they're just festivals yeah they're (laughs) just festivals and so it's like well shit i guess there has to be a female festival or else these films aren't going to get seen because people are being dicks like it's just um and so it's really important to me to support and the thing is like i really want to support other women but i don't want to be supporting them just because they're women i want to support them because they're brilliant creatives and i have a lot of you know, female friends who are brilliant creatives in the industry and we do support each other, but I don't want it to be, you know, like this secret girls club. Cause I think that's part of the problem and not part of the solution. Right, right, let's all yeah. just, let's all just get along. For sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. But it's so important. I mean, to, to be vocal about that, mm-hmm. especially right now, I think feminism is, is, um, growing quickly and, and becoming a, a, a massive issue very quickly as it should, but even me, like I didn't become a feminist overnight. Mm-hmm. Like it, being raised a, a male, you, you, there are just assumptions that you have in life that you kind of need your tree shaken mm-hmm. often, Total. right? Total. And it still happens to me where I'm like, oh, that's that's something that I have assumed or has been an issue that I've been perpetuating that I didn't even realize, right? And it's little things every once in a while that um, that just kind of wake you up to, to issues that you didn't even realize that you were a part of. Mm-hmm. So I think it's mm-hmm. important to continue to kind of have that voice, Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of and yeah, do do the whistleblowing because even people who have the best intentions might not realize that they're being sexist mm-hmm. or they're mm-hmm. contributing to institutionalized sexism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so so kudos and congrats and, and please continue to do that. But what what can we do? What can we as as men do?
2: Oh geez, <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> a tough question. Um, I would say just.
0: <sighs> but in yeah. some ways, it's not. There are simple there are simple things that some. Some of us Yeah. Could be well, doing and I guess it's better. like, what can right. you guys do? Well, right. I don't right. think
2: that you are particularly part of the problem. Right. But, but even, but, even uh, so,
0: it's surprising how, yeah, like that's not, mm-hmm. as a man, you, you, I don't think, it. you really have to meditate on it for a long time for sure. and to understand that your experience is highly different mm-hmm. than any Absolutely. woman. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Like there's a great scene in, in Master of None where, where mm-hmm. they're posting mm-hmm. pictures of the food on Instagram. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And, and he's like, I posted this picture and everybody liked it. And then she says, yeah. And that guy said he wanted to F me in the face. Like, it,
1: yeah. yeah, that's just yeah. reality. Yeah. Or, or just, even the scene where they're walking home from the bar and it's yeah. the two guys and they're, you know, bubblegum music exactly. skipping. And then <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Herself and she's She's like, oh nice. stalked. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: it's true. It's funny. Um, like I was talking, um, my husband and I, we were talking about uh, the, the situation in Stratford University. Yes. And um, just, you know, sort of talking hypotheticals and that sort of thing, uh, especially about the the idea around her having too much to drink. Mm, right. And this is kind of going off the filmmaking track, but That's very important. This is good. Um, and uh, I was kind of saying, you know, I got to the point where I was like, Eric, have you ever not had one more drink at a party? Even though you were surrounded by people you knew, friends, whatever because you you know wanted to be in control because you were basically afraid and he's like no and I turned to we were (laughs) were sitting with some other friends who were female and I was like have you guys and they're like yeah Yeah, of course and I'm like me too and he's (laughs) and that I think it does come down to just really trying to be aware like you said that even things that I don't even think about sometimes like um when I'll be leaving my husband's business late at night and You know, there's nobody around, but I'll have my keys out in my hand without even thinking about it because it's just the reality of the world. And yeah, yeah, there's like the hypothetical, oh, this is what life should be like or what we would like Mm -hmm. life to be like. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like it's really shitty that that's, you know, that I have to walk down the street you know, not like looking over my shoulder because even though men should know better, some of them don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have to be responsible for other people's actions. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally. No, absolutely. And that's absolutely. kind of, yeah.
2: yeah. What it comes down that's, to. Yeah.
1: And, and I mean, Gamer gators
0: would disagree. Oh God.
1: <laughs> And I mean, we live in a world where being a white male is, the norm is what is normal, right? That's the baseline of what it is to be a person is to be a white male. And so, and, and Matt and I were raised in that world. And so mm-hmm. we just assume that, you know, that's what we see on TV and that's what, that's the the perspective of all the media that we consume. So, um, it uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but it's it, it just, it's, it's tough, I yeah. think, mm-hmm. um, for, for all parties to change everyone's perception of the world. And, uh, yeah, it's really important mm-hmm. too. But I like
0: this discussion that you're yeah. you're getting on when it comes to uh, why do we have to have WIFTA, for example, mm-hmm. or or why do we have to have female workshops for females only, or, mm-hmm. or film festivals, and it's and it's because it's not changing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's right. I think that's what Trudeau was saying when he said it's 2015 and my cabinet is going to be gender mm-hmm. gender even mm-hmm. um, because that just wouldn't happen naturally. It has right. to. Yeah. If it we're gonna get to there, be. it has to be well, influenced.
1: Yeah, and they're and they're saying, well, it should be based on merit, and it's like, well, these women haven't been given the opportunities in the past to earn the merit that right. the, that the men yeah. have. How do, you, how do you get that? Experience right, you have to that. have that affirmative mm-hmm. action. You have to give them opportunities. Yeah. Maybe absolutely. just because they are women, and because men won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, we did it's it. It's over. Men yeah. won. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it, yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, keep, keep being a woman I guess like, I will good well, job yeah this
0: is such and it, so hard mm-hmm. because it, it's like well let's take action and it's like mm-hmm. man that is not a, a, an easy solution yeah right? and it's gonna be one that, that yeah. hopefully is eventually solved but it, it'll take decades mm-hmm. well and bringing um, still.
2: back to the film industry it's been funny um as I've become more critical about the scripts that I read and the scripts that I work on and that sort of thing, um, it just becomes really shocking to see how women are written and it's even more shocking to see how difficult it is to fight tooth and nail to change it. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was, um, again, without getting into specifics, working Um, Collaboratively on a script with a group of male writers, and there was one other female in the room. And uh, you know, I read the outline of the script, and one of the women was, you know, a whiny bitch, and the other one was a slutty hoe, and that was the words that they used (laughs) to describe the women. And you know, I kind of was on the call, like, what do you guys not see? Like, can we can we not just? can we not? (laughs) Can we please not? And it was really difficult to, um, even just fight for a woman to, um, and I read an article recently where they were talking about how there are strong female characters in films. Now we're starting to see them, but they don't do anything. Right. right. So there's the archetype of the strong female character, but she doesn't impact the plot in any real way. So Mm -hmm. it's like, Okay, okay you know guys let's let's just yeah. move a couple steps forward like keep up the good work and and so it was funny i kind of had to fight they're like oh well well this character is kind of complex and this and this and this and i'm like well she's in one scene and basically just gives the the hero pep talk and then disappears <laughs> yeah. and that's like great but and i think the thing that with certain men that i've talked to about it is they get really defensive because you know, like, well, you know, this story is about a man or this and this. And, and I guess I'm not saying like, okay, there can be no more male protagonists. You, your time is over. It's more, I think that you should do what the story dictates, but it just, I don't believe that every single story dictates a submissive, a submissive woman and nothing else. Like there, there's got to be like, do you, you know, if film is meant to be based on reality, I just don't buy it. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe that those are the only women that right. these people know. Of course, yeah. um, and there was another, Ooh, this was one of like the rough times. And, and one of the things where it was really scary to stand up, but I just had to, is I was working on another project um, co-producing with some people and the script was very, um, I was very uncomfortable with the content of the script. There was um, sort of some torture, sexual abuse, Um, that just didn't seem fitting to the scene and that sort of thing. And uh, we were having auditions for the women. And instead of giving them sides, they wanted the women to just come in and improvise this torture scene. And they wanted me to be in the room as a female presence to condone this behavior. And I just had to stand up and say, like, one... This is not how this audition is going to go down. Right. Two, I am not going to stand there to, like, to you know, your, give the rubber stamp yeah, to this behavior. Yeah. And three, we should not even be doing auditions until you fix this really ridiculous, basically sex fantasy that you want to play out on screen. Like, this is just not. Right. Like, who are you trying to fool? This is completely unacceptable. Why do you think that this. You know, but the sad thing is if I hadn't said anything, women would have shown up and been glad to be there. For sure. Yeah. And even things like that are just really, things like that, that things like that are happening is what really makes me um, passionate about standing up and speaking Mm -hmm. with things like this and just trying to change the way that things are, because it makes me sad that, you know, for every one thing that someone stops, five of those went forward. Of course, well, yeah. for sure. Yeah.
1: It, it, it reminds me of when I learned about the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if you're listening, you don't know what it is. The Bechdel test is three. You have to satisfy three conditions in your script to pass. The first is, are there two female characters in your script? The second is, do they ever talk to each other? And the third is, if they do talk to each other, do they talk about anything other than a man?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I learned about the Bechdel test, and I was like, "Oh my god, that sucks that that exists." Mm-hmm. And, then, <laughs> and then, and then, the and then the you start learning about how many it, yeah. movies don't mm-hmm. pass the Bechdel yeah. test mm-hmm. is even worse than the fact yeah. that the Bechdel test exists in the first place. You don't even pass condition one. Condition it's one, a... yeah. yeah. Are there two yeah. female mm-hmm. characters? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty pretty brutal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's one of the the symptoms of a massive problem, yeah, uh, yeah. in the industry. So absolutely.
0: Yeah. And ours is an interesting. Area for this because I think, you know, conflict is is at the core of any mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. So so screenwriters have to have to be sensitive to, to to this and 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 make sure that their scripts aren't promoting a certain idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a tough time I think right now because a the antihero is really big. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. we've had a, yeah. a ton of shows where the bad guy is the star, is the lead. And so that puts you in an area where your your protagonist is engaged in activity, sometimes it's racism, sometimes it's sexism, mm-hmm. sometimes it's crime, murder, whatever, and, and you're expecting your audience to be on board with this because mm-hmm. they're the hero, anti-hero, mm-hmm. but they're the hero. Uh, so that's really murky. Um, but I also think that, you know, It's okay to have a racist or sexist character to serve the plot, Mm -hmm. but but it's such yeah it gets it gets really challenging I think to write a story that contains that kind of material without condoning it, Mm -hmm. Um, and you know we need more complex stories and we need we can't everything can't just be black and white but um, that's a hard thing to it's it's really easy I think to slip into like oh that's you know I mean there's there's some stuff in Crank or Crank Mm -hmm. Two that's just like. Oh, they just got away with straight up racism there, like our lead character just being racist and moving on. Um, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, it's dangerous territory, and I think it's, I think it takes a lot of conscious effort to and diversity as well, right? Like mm-hmm. like making sure that characters aren't always a white guy is mm-hmm. uh is it just has to happen? It has to start with writers, it really does. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we all don't have a part to play, but if the roles aren't happening for for those people then it's going to be hard to to cast them
2: yeah and it's funny with that um just that you speak about race and casting um diversely for the short film that I'm doing through Herland I really um it stars a bunch of children and I really wanted it to be diverse because that's the school that I grew up in and so I put the casting call out to anyone and a bunch of white kids applied Mm -hmm. and it's kind of this, like, why aren't there more diverse actors? Because there aren't diverse parts. Well, how can I cast a diverse, you know, it's this uh, cycle. And so going back to like why WIFTA exists or whatever, we kind of have to um, really construct these opportunities so that they can become organic, um, whether it be, yeah. Uh, any sort of yeah. uh diversity
1: we, we were just having this conversation about the the board of directors of the csaf we're all white
2: you yeah. know mm-hmm.
1: and and we were talking about it last night and it was like um okay well we need to be more vocal about attracting diversity and then and why is the board all white people and then we all said well look at our membership mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our membership is all white people well mm-hmm. not all of course but um primarily yeah, yeah primarily white people so i think it's it's a there's a lot more groundwork that needs to be laid before you can even you have, have those opportunities. You have right? to cultivate an
0: environment right. that is welcoming mm. and you have to you, you can't just be like the call is out. We're if welcoming. Anyone is free to apply. Right. Like, yeah. like you really have to specifically say I think women minorities like yeah. everyone is is, is invited encouraged to apply, yeah. to apply yeah. right? Yeah. Like mm. because it's yeah, currently the climate is like, well, probably not gonna get that, so why why bother? Right. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Heavy. And I think, I think our, yeah, our industry is, a, is a unique one um, because we, yeah, we face, yeah. I I, I think, it, I think a movie can be sexist or racist, um, but it not just because it has those characters necessarily mm-hmm. because we need conflict to, to tell a good story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think what you were saying about how, you know, characters need to have flaws and some of those flaws might be that they're racist or sexist. I think that that's, okay and maybe those stories still need to be told but i think it needs to it's all with through what lens you're viewing it because if you are viewing this racism and it does seem like oh that's cool whatever that's acceptable then that's the message you have to be really and i've been learning this it seems obvious but really becoming aware of it in the past couple years that we have such a power in this industry because we this is the message you know, you have to be really careful about what message you're conveying in mm-hmm. your project. Mm-hmm. And you can have someone say a flippant sexist or racist comment, but, you know, this is a visual medium. How are you presenting that? What are the results of that? You know, what does that say about that character? It Does it say what you're really meaning it to say? And yeah I think we just have to be really really aware of that yeah. it's
1: very it's there's a lot of complexity and a lot of nuance in it um mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's it's a it's a an interesting time mm-hmm. to be do, to be creating content for sure mm-hmm. where it's so visible and 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 we're, we're in, in in people will call it outrage culture um and others will call it justice I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so yeah it's it's uh, it's definitely interesting times mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's just, yeah, I just, like, people, men, especially on Twitter, I yeah, just get so frustrated mm-hmm. sometimes because it's like, oh, look at the double standard here. And it's like, uh, yeah, but remember when men won over <laughs> and over and over again? Like, for, <laughs> forever. Eons? Yeah. yeah. Like, I think this one, yeah, everyone should be treated fairly, of course. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean right. that you get to make a stink about. Uh, so yeah. yeah. And
2: that's the thing, I guess, is that it. what he, what that man doesn't see is that if you know the women are already being treated unfairly Mm -hmm, right and mm -hmm. that's the the baseline that's the baseline yeah the baseline is that we are being treated unfairly and so when he sees this as an advantage it's like no no no. we're just trying to get Mm -hmm. get up to par here exactly yeah so for sure yeah that's the crazy thing
0: yeah it's like it's like men are playing football and women are like up against three linebackers and they're you know the size of a small child that's the that's the the metaphor yeah, yeah. yeah it's not an even playing field by any means Mm-hmm. Anyway um, <laughs> so what are you working on now? what's uh, is it is it that your herland film the next thing that you're kind of putting out into the world?
2: Yeah, yeah so Herland I'll be shooting in a couple of weeks and then I have a couple of other projects that uh, have been bubbling uh, beneath the surface and are gonna need to come to fruition. I think this summer I have a documentary project that I want to shoot uh, in Saskatchewan about an abandoned town that oh, uh, I sort of my uh, my grandma lives a couple of towns away from oh, and sweet. I've just, uh really wanted to know the story behind it. So I'm hoping to do that this summer. And uh, we finished shooting a feature film last summer. Uh, I shot with director Eric Pauls. Um, yes, and yeah. so right now we're just sort of looking at doing the festival circuit cool. and what distribution looks like and all of that new territory. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what's the film called? Uh, it's called To the Mountain. And uh, hopefully we'll be in festivals this fall. Ray. So look Ray. for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, that was that was another really crazy experience, just getting a feature under our belts and learning what all that is about, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys are going to go through soon.
1: Oh, yeah, it's it happening now, exciting.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah, let us know and we'll make sure to, to tell tell the audience and, and get the screening information out there. Sweet. Um, we should also mention Escape Capers, quickly, oh, which is yes. really cool. And, and actually, maybe we should talk about, you, you were talking about the recession hitting, and we, mm. we discuss this every once in a while, that you know, in this industry you kind of need to have a side gig sometimes or mm. a, mm-hmm. um, s- And what a cool side gig you have now.
2: Yes, so my husband owns a little business called Escape Capers YYC. For those of you who haven't heard of escape rooms, (laughs) you and your friends are locked in a mysterious room and have 60 minutes to escape. Um, that
1: sounds easy
2: <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you scott it is not it's, it is not <laughs> please nice, do yeah. the easy room first we hate it when first-timers come and try to do the veteran room because mm. you guys are gonna suck no offense yeah, <laughs> it, it,
0: there it is a skill i've been i've been in many and it's interesting how your brain starts to understand the puzzles a little bit better yes. it is important to start start slow yes yeah.
2: and so yeah so eric opened last september um and so yeah it's been like nine ten months now very fun very exciting uh one of the things he does differently is he has that in character host Mm -hmm. in the room so you'll be joined by a butler or um you know a secret society grandmaster or that sort of thing and um so it makes for a fun job because you get to sort of hang out and improvise and help people along in their adventure and really just Eric and I have talked a lot about it and it's like every show is the opening night of a play because you really get to just have instant gratification of what you've created and see these moments of surprise and delight for people that, and it's funny because it's always like the same moments. There's like this, and it's funny, I'll be sitting out in reception and you can hear, "Ah, oh, 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 God, it's it's really just exciting (laughs) to bring and i feel like that's what i like about film too is you get Mm -hmm. to bring this happiness to people and so it's cool to be able to do it in a different way uh helping eric out with his his business and and what a perfect
1: uh, business to dovetail into from the film industry you're telling Mm -hmm. a story you're doing set deck and and, and you're creating these environments and uh yeah it just sounds like such a perfect fit absolutely um, so where can people find out more
2: uh so if you want to go to escapecapers.ca, uh you can find out more about the stories and book and all that good stuff cool yeah awesome
1: and how can people uh reach out to you if yeah. they want to
2: oh geez um so i don't really have a ton of like i don't have a website or anything like that but if you want to send me an email and say hey my email address is page at gmail.com always looking to make new friends nice hey. all right. good. okay Great. Cool. well thank you so much for being here
1: yeah thanks Yay. for having me guys thanks page there you go There you all right thank, thank you, you Paige. yeah thanks for coming Paige. yeah I'm just a delightful person mm-hmm. so friendly and so positive
0: and like 120 episodes of a scripted tv series like it's it's funny because we we forget about how many people in this um community have really accomplished some massive things yeah and again that's what this podcast is about we're bad at, at kind of bragging about yeah. about what we've done and Paige is actually one of the more prolific directors uh, for her age, especially yeah. um, in Alberta right now. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so thanks, Paige. Uh,
1: yeah. So as she was out walking out the door, uh, Paige uh, turned us on to this uh, program that uh, women should uh, probably apply for. So women in view has partnered with the director's guild of Canada and launched a program called two times more uh, with the goal of doubling the number of women directing scripted television in Calgary. Uh, or sorry, in Canada, uh, currently women make up 17% of Canadian directors of scripted television, and they're hoping to bring that number up to 35%. So maybe maybe we can have half of uh, half of the people directing a third of of the scripted television <laughs> in Canada. Um, so this initiative is open to Canadian women or landed immigrants who have completed professional media training and have significant directing experience. Up to three successful candidates will shadow uh, on three 11-minute episodes of uh, the new Shink- uh, Sinking Ship series called Dino Dana, uh, and they'll be offered a DGC contract to direct a fourth episode. Um, so here's here's the bit of the tricky part is that applications are due on midnight of June 27th, which is uh, five days from when we're recording this. So uh, it's coming right up. But uh, if you are a woman and you're hoping to uh, become a director, please uh, check out the link in the show notes uh, to find out more uh, and apply to this program.
0: Yeah, Uh, so uh, there is a a thing, uh, an incubator, I guess is is what they're calling it, Um, and it's being uh, put on by CBC Arts and CBC Short Docs, and the idea is to give 12 filmmakers, creators, The opportunity to go to Toronto and train uh, and work on a a short film, uh, video, documentary, presumably, um, and have it broadcast on CBC, which is an amazing uh, opportunity. And I'm really just learning about it as I read this and kind of jealous of people who have done it. uh, What a cool um, application thing. It's, It's due on June 27th. Um, so if you're looking to get involved, uh, you don't have a lot of time, so check out the show notes for more information, um, but you're going to get flown to Toronto. It's from September 14th to 17th. Um, it's going to be happening at, at the Broadcast Center on Front Street in Toronto, and uh, an opportunity to, to expand your networks and sharpen your skills, Usually. and yeah, and yeah it, sounds like a, it sounds like a really cool program, so um, there's also um, some development deal possibilities in the works, so check out the, the notes for more information. It's very cool.
1: Uh, if you're a procrastinator... And uh, you you like to wait till the very last minute to put a grant application in? Then this next one is for you. <laughs> so there's something called Teles Optic Local, um, which is a grant uh, up of up to seventy five thousand dollars to produce a locally reflective uh, piece of content. So whether that's a film or a series. Um, if you have a project that reflects the local community uh, and diversity of voices, balanced viewpoints on existing or emerging issues of importance in your community that features local places, um, then check out TELUS Optic Local because it's uh, the deadline to apply is June 30th. Now, this has been open for quite some time, mm-hmm. um, but to the procrastinators, it's coming right up and you've got <laughs> like a week to do this. So now is the
0: time to um, to get started. It's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, one of the biggest... Uh, buckets of cash that I think is available for an Alberta filmmaker. Yeah. I can't think of a bigger one.
1: Yeah. Um, except for the Budget <laughs> program. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, check it out, opticlocal.com um, and get your application put together, uh, right now because you've only got a week. And if you're working on it, then congratulations. And we're sorry for uh, for whipping the procrastinators into gear to compete with you.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we've been talking about diversity uh, this episode, and so it makes sense to chat about the fil- the Feel Foreign Film Contest, um, which has a goal of putting a spotlight on uh, and and starting a dialogue and discussion about cultural uh, issues. Um, and there are uh, there's an opportunity for filmmakers to win some prizes. Um, by submitting a film in the areas uh, uh, or the themes of business, education, sport, family, lifestyle, and food, which are actually make a lot of sense when it comes to you know the cultural uh, differences we, we have in all of those areas, and um, so yeah, I'm excited about this one. It's uh, it's going to be happening the the screening or award ceremony is going to be happening at the theater junction grand on September 15th. And your deadline to apply is July 1st, 2016. Um, and there's some big cash prizes, including a $5,000 first place. So check out feel foreign.com slash contest info, or just the show notes uh, for more information. Uh,
1: space nerds take note, NASA and the Houston cinema arts society have put out the call for their second annual cine space. Um, this is a short film or video digital, digital media uh, contest. Um, for works of under 10 minutes um, from all genres and styles um, that have at least 10% uh, of their footage coming from NASA video imagery. Um, you, it can kind of be about whatever you want, basically. Um, uh, the total prize purse for this competition is $26,000 US uh, for various categories and winners. Um, but it's a really cool thing uh, and, and something that, uh, that you should be looking into. Um, and it can be even a desktop Documentary where you're cutting uh, existing footage into into uh, a new story, Um, and the last date for submission is July thirty first, twenty sixteen. No entry fee is required. Um, Super fun, super cool. Uh, Definitely check it out uh, in the show notes uh, and and get cutting.
0: Yeah, and the Edmonton Short Film Festival is coming up. Uh, Cash awards, um, lots of uh, fun stuff happening here. Um, It seems like a great festival. and the, uh, of course there's, as most festivals have a people's choice award chosen by the audience. Um, and that's going to happen at the October one gala event. So for every film submitted, you also get a free ticket to the filmmakers masterclass, which is an interesting, uh, uh idea and, and, a really good one. Um, so yeah, they're, they're looking for virtually anything, uh, when it comes to, uh, content. Um, and, uh, as I, think as long as it's family friendly, um, And your deadline is June 30th, but that's the early bird deadline. There's another one, August 15th, 2016, uh, to get your films into the Edmonton Short Film Festival. Check out ESFF.ca for more information.
1: So upcoming events. Uh, There's a big one on Saturday. It is the annual general meeting of the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers. This is occurring at 1 p.m. at Community Wise in the boardroom upstairs. Um, And what happens at this meeting,
0: Matthew? Uh, it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's an important one because it's uh, it's going to be an opportunity for you to have your voice heard in the CSIF as a as a filmmaker, um, as a member of the community here in Calgary, um, and and you know I, I think. I, I don't know about you, but I used to feel like ah, I'm not really welcome at these things. There's a, there's a group there, um, and I, I hope that nobody feels that way now, because um, boy is it more important than ever. Uh, I think not just for film, but for for the life of the CSIF, um, to really hear the membership. Um, you know, we have this new wonderful executive director named Barry Thorson, um, who's who's been mandated to take the organization to the next level, and we need. Uh, member input on, right, on that. Um, so I hope people will come out and, and if not, at least get their ideas right. to him or to the board. Um, and, and and if you've got some some direction that you, you feel like the CSIF needs to move in, I hope you'll run. I hope you'll uh, get in there. I think it's too late to submit, but you can still Go to the AGM and and uh, be nominated and on be nominated again. by someone, yeah.
1: So it's yeah. So there's a, a kind of an annual review. How are we doing financially? What kind of programs have we got running? Um, and you'll get to kind of kind of get up to date on the information. But then, of course, we elect uh, the board of directors for the next year. Um, yeah, and just to kind of reiterate what, what Matt said. If you are a CSIF member, please do come. Uh, it's an important time uh, to cast a vote um, and, and kind of help us determine the direction of the CSIF in the future mm-hmm. uh matt and i will both be running for the board again because we love this organization mm-hmm, and yeah. we think you should too and uh, it's a great way to
0: support your community um and uh yeah so hopefully we'll see you on saturday it's an exciting time for the csf and yeah we'll, we hope you'll be involved um so uh there is a, an upcoming screening um not a traditional one uh in that you'd go to right. a, a theater or something um, in this case, you just turn on your TV uh, and check out the CBC short film Face-Off because Brett Furster has his film, Clotta, uh kind of amongst the the films that are screening. Um, I believe the, the short film Face-Off happens over three nights, and the first episode is already aired on June 18th, and the second episode is on June 25th. Um, and that's the episode where uh, Brett's film is going to make his appearance. Hooray! Yeah, so... Congrats, uh, guys. I, I believe there is a winner of, of some yes, sort. Yes, I don't is. know enough about it, but um, if best of luck to, to Brett uh, in the running there for that. And just even getting in is, is awesome. hmm yeah. yeah. And it's a cool-looking short film that I haven't... I don't think anybody's had a chance to see yet. I think CBC short film Face-Off is where he's kind of premiering it, too. Yeah. So uh, congrats to him, and, and check that out on June 25th on CBC. Speaking of Brett Furster... Yeah, he's hosting a workshop.
1: Oh man, at the Calgary's everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere <laughs> uh, at the Calgary side of independent filmmakers called crowdfunding. Uh, we've talked about this a lot, but it's happening uh, on June 22nd, which is tonight, mm. from seven to ten p.m. So depending on when you're listening to this, you may not. <laughs> if Matt it, can get the podcast out, it I'm may fast be enough. already done. <laughs> um, and I hope it was awesome. Yeah, or will be awesome. Um, yeah, so let's... Uh, crowdfunding. I mean, what else do you need to know? Get some money, make your film.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of a lot to that, a lot of nuts and bolts. Of course. We talked about it a bit here with Brett um, as well, but um, head out to that workshop if, if we've got this out in time. <laughs> uh, and the Do It Yourself... We talk about this every week lately, uh, and it's got a heck of a title. Do It Yourself Jawa, a.k.a. Video Vulture Culture, a workshop with Tasman Richardson uh, is happening at the M Media Exhibition Suite, our screening room. Um, and it's... Uh, this Friday from 1 to 5 p.m. Um, and you're gonna wanna bring your laptop because you're gonna be creating kind of film grainy looks using video. Um, and it definitely seems like a, a cool workshop for those of you interested in kind of trying out that video art style of filmmaking. So uh, check it out. Oh, it's part of the Slut Island uh, yeah. uh, slate of events and workshops. So uh, you can check out com and find it in there or just check out the show notes to get right to that information
1: totally very cool uh if you want to be a cinematographer or you like cameras or you want to learn more about lighting uh you're going to want to check out the cinematography workshop at the calgary society of independent filmmakers on saturday this saturday june 25th from 10 a.m to 2 p.m so you will miss the agm guys right because of this
0: it's actually happening simultaneously
1: they are happening at the very same time um but it's worth checking out csaf.org uh for more information yeah. And the instructor is Philip Letourneau, who is um, the, the cinematography instructor at Sate, uh, and is definitely worth uh, a dude worth knowing because oh, he's for sure.
0: he's awesome and and uh, a mind to mind because a he's mind a bit of a savant when mind. it comes to lighting and tech and, and video and all that stuff. So speaking of learning about lighting specifically, if you're in Edmonton, uh, the FAVA free for all workshop on lighting is happening Sunday, June 26th from one to 5 PM in the exhibition suite there in FAVA. Again, that's a free workshop. Um, as long as you register and get your spot filled, you can get in and uh, kind of get hands on with lights and, and, uh, try a couple of example lighting, uh, scenes and for documentary and, and so on. So, um, Great idea if, you, if, you're, if you're kind of a, a do-it-all-yourself person and you don't have the lighting skills like me. Um, so uh, check out fava.ca and, or the show notes for more information.
1: So if you're a teenager or if you know a teenager who wants to do the movie-making thing, <laughs> follow in the footsteps of Alberta's filmmaking giants, you're going to want to introduce them to the Summer Media Arts Camp. Put on by the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers. This two-week camp introduces youth ages 13 to 17 to filmmaking practices. Film theory, script writing, shooting are all taught through hands-on work in creating a project together. Participants will collaboratively direct, shoot, and edit a film. Um, it happens Monday to Friday from 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Uh, from July 11th to the 22nd. Um, Upon completion of their collaborative film, it will be premiered at a gala screening um, that Friday afternoon, the 22nd, at Community Wise, uh, where participants and the public are invited to attend. Very cool. Matt has done this, uh, and now Matt is a filmmaker. <laughs> so just for what that's worth. Yes. Um, super exciting. Really it's cool wonderful. program. Yeah, it's, it's a great,
0: great opportunity. Yeah. Sure.
1: So parents or teens, uh, do that.
0: So it's been a few weeks, Scott, without much to say on the shooting what's shooting schedule yeah, it's like heartland. Um, and, and, and so and. it's nice to see this week we can say that uh tin star is in production awesome heartland of course uh remains in production um and we also have a uh, a new film that we ta- we've we been learning bits and pieces yeah about. we kind of teased it because <laughs> we didn't know what list. it was last <laughs> yeah. week yeah. it turns out some friends of ours are, are behind it uh it's called hashtag roxy and uh they're doing it great. Like, I, I mean, obviously, we don't have permission to, to go in too much detail, but, you know, they're in casting and doing, uh, I, I think, doing it really smart. They're casting people who have, like, large social media followings yeah. and really accessing the influencer's per- perspective, um, which was a big topic at Banff as well. Yep. So, uh, yeah, they're going to get into production until June 5th, uh, filming in Edmonton. Sorry, July 5th. July 5th, 5th yeah. yeah. Uh, filming and, in Edmonton, yeah. And shooting in Edmonton. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that Mosaic Entertainment is someone you can get in touch with, maybe just to send in a resume their way and let them know that you're interested in uh, getting involved if you're looking for some work in Edmonton.
1: Yeah, and they're definitely uh, hugely important uh, people to us and uh, we're hoping to get them on the podcast sooner than later. Yeah, um, yeah that's long overdue. So we'll chat about Tiny sure. Plastic Man and, uh, yes. and now hashtag Roxy and mm-hmm. it's not my fault and I don't care anyway. Uh, job calls. If you are looking for a job, then Rogers Calgary may have one for you. They're looking for a production generalist. Uh, your responsibilities will be basic editing of footage for news and BT segments on the Quantel editing system. I don't know what that system is. I, you know, I've never nor heard of do I. But um, if you know. If you know, then you're <laughs> probably uh, qualified for this. Um, you'll also be digitizing footage, paying close attention to naming conventions, uh, operating studio camera during the production of BT, breakfast television, uh, providing production support. Uh, I'm just going to kind of breathe through this list here, work on production engineering, editing and posting of media to social media, occasional ENG field photography, occasional writing and producing duties. Wow. Cool. This would be a fun job. Totally. So varied. Um, they're they're requiring a minimum of two years experience in television production, in-depth knowledge of editing, shooting, and technical facilities, obviously, and all the stuff that we've talked about, and, and experience with the Quantel editing systems, um, <laughs> which we now know have heard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Avid and the Adobe line of products is preferred. Um, obviously, you're going to need to be a self-starter. Um, so check out the show notes for more information and uh, and get that application in.
0: Yeah, um, and it looks like uh, this this is also really hot news because the uh, deadline is June 23rd, but if you're trying to get your application in uh, for the ENG editor's uh, CTV Calgary position, um, you're going to want to do that right away. Um, also, uh, something that I could go on and on about, but they're looking for post-secondary education in broadcasting or related field, uh, working knowledge of news and technical operations, um, knowledge of nonlinear editing systems, Final Cut Pro, Avid, Velocity. That's one I don't know. Speaking of things, we, yeah. we, velocity. Goddamn, we know we 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 don't know a lot of. Things. I assume that's a news thing because I, yeah, I, I, that's just not an area we've worked in. Uh, working knowledge and experience with Ross Overdrive automation system. Um, so yeah, there's definitely um, some experience required here, and it's part-time position, 24 to 32 hours a week, and uh, shift work, including weekends and evenings. So check out uh, the show notes for more information on that, and get your application in ASAP.
1: All right, on to recommendations. I'm going to start because uh, I just had a few seconds to come up with. Ah, one. yes. Um, so, so if you're a filmmaker and uh, and you don't have any money to make something, I'm going to recommend that you try your hand at corporate slash commercial video production. Find someone that you know um, that that wants something done, maybe for their website or for their YouTube channel. Um, and and help them do it. And you can do it with, with a budget if they're willing to put up a little bit of money um, or, or try to kind of do it yourself for them. Um, it's a great excuse to uh, tell a story that you might not necessarily have to write um, and kind of exercise the filmmaking muscle and take a project from conception to completion, to delivery um, and generating an audience that way. Um, just just try it and i guarantee you'll like it and the reason i say that i guarantee you'll like it is we did it. we did a corporate video shoot over the last 3 days uh for the saskatoon expo and the edmonton expo where we were driving around the country we drove to saskatoon (laughs) one day and then the next day we drove from saskatoon to edmonton and then edmonton to calgary so it was a ton of driving but we were shooting these little uh vignettes um with cosplayers with amazing costumes we were hanging out with master chief for a couple hours furiosa for a couple hours spider-man getting an ice cream cone um a ton of and it was it was so much fun Mm -hmm. and it was so creative uh and it was energizing and it was exciting uh and it was technically a corporate video. Totally. Right? We so, were
0: hanging out in a park with Wonder Woman, Superman, and like Supergirl or Wonder Girl. Wonder Girl. Yeah, <laughs> was, like this little so like funny, four-year-old yeah. or three-year-old yeah, child. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, like so much
0: fun. Um, For sure. So to say that there aren't fun or creative opportunities is a uh, fallacy. The other total thing fallacy. that I'm glad you brought this up is that, you know, we were speaking in in Plainview Corner. Right. That, uh, that you know, I think a part of what makes me not like just totally terrified is that we go into production all the time yeah and there's no way to compare you know this this size of budget to, to anything we do in in corporate but but at least we're in the habit of getting into production yeah. and you're right yeah i mean for sure there it's it's it, it's comparable in in, in, in many some ways, way i mean yeah. we've had
1: projects that are, are many tens of thousands for of sure. dollars sure. right yeah. so i mean
0: and it's and in, ca- in cash flow right it's not, it's ca- not like yeah. we're getting telefilm and putting it in our pockets this is this has got to go out and and that right. and we have experience with that yeah yeah, for
1: sure. So, yeah, just exercising the muscle because it is a muscle, and uh, and and I, there are things now that I'm remembering that I that I need to be doing, like right, uh, yeah. <laughs> talking to sales agents and distributors. It's like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, okay, no, I know how to do these things. Right. So, uh, yeah, just just it's something to do. It's like, well, I don't have a script. It doesn't matter. Just go do something. Even if you don't have a script, you can make something. So,
0: mm-hmm. please go do that. That'll be my recommendation. Nice. Uh, so, I guess to to contrast that, I'll go with something. A little different, um, which is Game of Thrones. Have you heard oh of this my. show? <laughs> uh, game. Is it a game?
1: Yes. Yes. And what happens if you lose? Well,
0: you you, <laughs> you you win or you die. Basically, is 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 the word. But what's interesting is that obviously, you know, every time around this year, every usually around this episode of the season, there's an event, uh, and you and you really want to talk about it because that's what I love about the show is talking about it, um, and. You, I, I still uncover, uncover, or run into people who are like, "Nah, I don't watch that show," yeah. and it's like, man, I don't know how you do that. I don't get it because it is. Firstly, it's event television, and it always has been every season, um, and and then secondly, as a filmmaker, there is an event that happens in this in this. Episode and to speak without spoilers is going to be slightly challenging, but I think it's fair to say, you know, it's it's, it's kind of a medieval setting. Um, we've got a battle happening with people on horses, people with you know archers. Um, it, it and it's kind of the first time the show has done anything like this to this scale. They they've had massive scale things, but this is kind of just your your hardcore like the Braveheart style. Yeah, battle. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just one group versus another. Just yeah. and I was just listening to a little bit about how how it was done and just comparing it to what we're going to do. We're, we're looking to shoot about 15 days on right. in, in plain view. Yep. They shot this one section, and granted a very large section of the episode, but uh, in they shot it in 25 days. Oh my God. <laughs> Matt, we're fucked. <laughs> uh, and obviously for much more money than, than we're working with. But it is interesting to kind of compare and think about what the behind the scenes is on that. And so the uh, the addendum is n- don't just watch uh, Game of Thrones, but also I think it's important to... to consume some of the discussion around it and also hbo this season especially has been doing uh, inside the episodes so if you're a subscriber to like uh, Telus uh, optic like i am um you can you can see in the on-demand section there's the episodes but there's also some behind the scenes some interviews with the filmmakers and and some really really Seriously. cool information yeah. yeah for sure and,
1: and- it's always nice to be reminded that movie magic exists, for sure. Right? For like sure, I'm watching right? I'm watching the appendices for Lord of the Rings right now. Right, right, right. And uh, just so many things that you're like, wow, <laughs> movie <laughs> magic is great. And so we're here, kind of shitting our pants, being like, how are we gonna make this movie? And it's yeah. like, oh yeah, right, movie magic. That's right, how. Right, right. Yeah. So sure. we're basically not gonna do any prep. We're just gonna rely on movie magic. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah that's
0: fine. Solve itself. Yeah. That's it. Uh. All right, Scott.
1: That's it. That's all. Uh, episode she- complete. We've done it. Yes. This is episode again. 32. Yeah. 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 That's almost double the percentage of female Canadian filmmakers doing (laughs) scripted television. Um, so a huge thanks to Briar, as always, for putting nice. the news together for us um, and, and for putting the website together for In Plain View indeed, as well. Indeed, yeah. yeah. So I, I, again, we realized that we just could not uh, exist w- without her. So mm-hmm. thanks so mm-hmm. much for doing that. If you're an Alberta filmmaker, this podcast is for you and it's about you. Um, so please let us know if something's going on and we will share it with the community mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we need to celebrate and we need to brag and we need to um, let everyone know that it's okay to be a filmmaker in Alberta and yeah. uh, you can have success doing
0: that. For so sure. uh, let us know what's going on. Awesome. Well, uh, you can reach us at hello at abfilmcast.ca and on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and SoundCloud. And, of course, subscribe on iTunes. Thank you for doing so. And uh, thanks to you, Scott. Thanks to you, Matt. We've got a lot uh, a lot of exciting stuff ahead of us, I think, here in the next right. few months. So, But we're
1: going to keep the podcast going. Absolutely. Because Looking you deserve be. it. <laughs> You've been listening so hard, so continue to do so. But between listening, be sure to go make go something. Make something.
0: Sorry. Let's try Let's try it. Okay, okay. Go,
1: go make, make something.
0: Yeah, there we go.